It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. A global power structure has controlled far more of societies and their core functions for far longer than almost any are willing to believe possible. Those who control the printing and thus the flow of money have long since controlled militaries, the medical industrial complex, media, and so-called higher learning institutions, and even the music industry. By manipulating it all, the mindset of the majority was set on a course for the menticide epidemic that has long since permitted industrialized militarized societies, i.e. the Matrix, to wreak havoc on our host, planet Earth. The architects of the Matrix, and far too many of the obedient participants in it, have a psychological affliction that Native Americans labeled Wetiko, spelled W-E-T-I-K-O. This degenerative human psychological condition is key and core to the current omnicidal path of the human race. Stay tuned. This is Dane Wigington. You're listening to the non-political, commercial-free, global alert news hour. The bad news broadcast brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org. Now aired on AM and FM stations in 10 regions throughout the U.S. Moving on. Peak irony. Having to roll up your sleeve and submit before you can go to a theater to view the new Matrix movie, Matrix Resurrection. Yes, it is, in fact, a global matrix. All global governments and power centers are actively or passively colluding and cooperating in the CV-19 scenario and climate intervention operations. Both are core, but there are many more levels of this cooperation. Regardless of the surface tensions and surface conflicts, there is a deeper cooperation that has existed. Will the organized crime syndicates masquerading as legitimate governments begin to infight like feuding mafia cartels as biosphere and societal collapse accelerates? We'll soon enough find out. About societies in general, the zombie apocalypse is not coming. It's here, now. For far too many, the sky could be on fire, and they not only wouldn't have a clue, they wouldn't want one. Densely populated urban settings will soon become the place you most don't want to be. Let's cover some breaking headlines. First, this good news, or so we're told. Moderna CEO sees, quote, return to normal life in a year if we all take vaccine booster shots indefinitely. The statement from the Moderna CEO couldn't be further from the truth, from reality. Those who have their eyes wide open are already well aware of what's actually unfolding. But again, for those that don't want the truth, perhaps the following statement from Biden will hit the target. Biden stated recently, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. Really, Joe? How does Biden's claim hold up to breaking reports like this one? Last week, from CNBC News and other major media sources, Duke University mandates COVID vaccines for staff and reinstitutes mask rules. Let's look at some statistics covered in this report. 98% of the students at Duke are fully immunized. Yet, there were 350 students and 15 employees who contracted COVID. These are breakthrough cases, i.e. the immunized contracting COVID anyway, in spite of being, quote, 
fully vaccinated. But hey, luckily the flu seems to have vanished from the surface of the earth. Go figure. Next headline, longtime TV meteorologist fired for declining vaccine. A longtime Michigan television meteorologist said he was fired for declining to get vaccinated against CV-19. He stated, today it is with a heavy heart I announce after over 33 years I am no longer employed at TV6, former WLUC TV6 chief meteorologist Carl Bonnack wrote in Facebook in a Facebook post. Bonnack said that he declined to follow the mandatory vaccination requirements of his station's corporate owner. Bonnack further stated, quote, I have decided against the vaccine option first and foremost because the manufacturers of these injections have absolutely no legal liability if injury or death occurs after the shot, end quote. Bonnack's statement, not mine. Bonnack further said, I ask myself, would I buy brakes for my vehicle if the brake company had no liability if the brakes failed? No, exclamation point. So I will certainly not allow medicine in my body from a company that does not stand behind its product. Stop and think about that. How many times have I brought that up in this broadcast? Shouldn't that be a massive red flag that Big Pharma has had no liability, completely immune from any form of legal action for any death and injury their products caused since regarding vaccinations since 1986? And that stands today. Shouldn't that be a massive red flag that something is very, very wrong? Bonnick also urged those who are still unvaccinated to, quote, speak up. Here's a final statement from Bonnick. Those who love America and the freedom and liberty it stands for must speak up. Hopefully, it's not too late. Question. How long has it been since America actually stood for, quote, freedom and liberty? I'm saddened to say that whatever America's roots were, it has long since become a part of of the global matrix. Moving on, Biden quote from a UN speech, ending this pandemic and making sure we're better prepared for the next one. The next one, Joe, is that already scheduled? It just keeps coming, doesn't it? How many signs do we need, just like Anthony Fauci in 2017, stating on film and on the record that there would be a, quote, surprise pandemic during this presidency, and he would know, wouldn't he? As released documents have now proven, his agencies helped to fund the creating of the gain-of-function characteristic of coronavirus. Again, please don't believe me. That's not what the purpose of this broadcast is. The purpose is to motivate honest and objective investigation. So perhaps the controllers are already preparing for the next pandemic. Or would the term scheduling be more accurate? You decide. Next headline. Consider this. Vaccines in your salad. That's part of the headline. Scientists growing medicine-filled plants to replace injections. We truly live in a completely out-of-control planetary asylum run by the criminally insane. From this report, vaccinations can be a controversial subject for many people, especially when it comes to injections. So what if you could replace, the report states, your next shot with a salad instead? Question mark. Researchers at the University of California, Riverside, are working on a way to grow edible plants that carry the same medication as an mRNA vaccine. The report continues. The COVID-19 vaccine is one of the many inoculations which use messenger RNA 
That's mRNA technology to defeat viruses. How's that going so far? Didn't sound like it was going so well at Duke University, did it? The report continues, they work by teaching cells from the immune system to recognize and attack a certain infectious disease. Unfortunately, mRNA vaccines have to stay in cold storage until use or they lose stability. That doesn't sound good. The UC Riverside team says if they're successful, the public could eat plant-based mRNA vaccines, which could also survive at room temperature. Question, how do we know what's in any of our food at this point? Do we think that those in power are just too responsible to experiment on us without our knowledge or consent? Really? What an incredibly naive notion. History has already proven to be patently false. More from this report. Thanks to a grant from the National Science Foundation, researchers are now looking to accomplish three goals. First, the team will try to successfully deliver DNA-containing mRNA vaccines into plant cells where they can replicate. Next, the study authors want to show that the plants can actually produce enough mRNA to replace a traditional injection. And finally, the team will need to determine the right dosage. People will need to eat to properly replace vaccinations. Wonderful. More insane tampering with nature for objectives that we're expected to believe is for the good of the human race. The report continues with this. Ideally, they say, a single plant would produce enough mRNA to vaccinate a single person. This statement is from Juan Pablo Geraldo, an associate professor at UCR's Department of Botany and Plant Sciences. He further stated, We are testing this approach with spinach and lettuce and have long-term goals of people growing it in their own gardens. We live in a complete asylum at this point. Geraldo adds, farmers could also eventually grow entire fields of it, end quote. Hey, Juan, how's that going to work out for all the animals that are out there in that field chowing down? Let's press on with the report because it gets worse. Geraldo and a team of scientists from UC San Diego and Carnegie Mellon University, by the way, these are all the normal power structure players. All, all of these universities bought, sold, and paid for by the money printers. And they say the key to making edible vaccines is chloroplasts. These are small organs inside plant cells that help convert sunlight into energy. They continue, there's tiny solar-powered factories that produce sugar and other molecules which allow the plant to grow, Geraldo explains. They're also in untapped, an untapped source for making desirable molecules. Previous studies, they say, have shown that it's possible for chloroplasts to express genes that are not naturally a part of the plant. Geraldo's team accomplished this by sending genetic material inside of a protective casing into plant cells. Oh, that sounds wonderful. How far is that going to spread in nature once it's completely out of control? In the new study, Geraldo teamed with UC San Diego's professor Nicole Steinmetz to use nanotechnology to deliver even more genetic material into chloroplasts. They say our idea is to repurpose naturally occurring nanoparticles, namely plant viruses, for gene delivery to plants, in quote. We are literally drowning in a sea of total insanity, not only now being force injected in many cases with mandatory vaccinations, but now they want to put it in our food as well to genetically modify plants even more than they already are. Modifications that have already wrought havoc in nature. Now what? Now where do we go? Let's look at some stats. This is from the VAERS site, the Vaccine Adverse Event Recording System with the CDC. Here's the latest stats that we found. I think there's even more current stats now, but listen to this. Nearly 15,000 deaths reported to VAERS, Vaccine Adverse Event Reaction System, that's from the CDC. More than 700,000 injuries reported. That's since 
December of 2020, since the rollout of vaccines in the U.S. The VAERS data was released September 17th by the CDC. It actually showed 701,561 reports of adverse events. And keep in mind that only a small fraction of these events are actually reported because it takes a great deal of time from medical staff and they are discouraged from doing so. And we know this from their own testimony, easily found online. You can see it from the horse's mouth, from healthcare professionals that are beside themselves at what the American public is not being told across the board. Now consider this one. Unexpected and heartbreaking, thousands flood ABC affiliates Facebook page with vaccination horror stories. This is from station WXYZ. That's an ABC News affiliate. From the report, an ABC News fishing expedition on Facebook took a startling turn this last week and after a reporter asked readers to share stories of loved ones who died of COVID after refusing or delaying to get the vaccine. Instead, thousands of readers reported loved ones who had died after vaccination, and even worse, from adverse reactions to the vaccination. I'll state again, I've stated it too many times already in this broadcast, but my stepfather and my father-in-law, both hours after their first vaccination, ended up in ER, in critical care, both in for almost a week. Neither one seemed to have fully recovered. This report continues by noon on Monday. The Post, this is for WXYZ ABC affiliate, the Post had received over 39 thousand angry and often heartbreaking responses by people whose family members are grieving the loss of loved ones of all ages. Surprisingly absent are reports of those who died after refusing the vaccine. Here's the latest update straight off the WXYZ ABC Channel 7 Facebook page. There are now 233,000 comments and over 52,000 likes. So has ABC News followed through with covering the actual responses they got when they went on a fishing expedition asking for readers to share stories of loved ones dying of COVID who refused the vaccination? No, they have not followed through because, again, the responses they got were the exact opposite of what they went fishing for. Their entire effort got turned upside down by the avalanche of respondents that had heartbreaking stories of family members that had been injured by the injections. It seems that ABC may be abandoning the story now. I'm only reporting the data. I invite all to go to WXYZ TV Detroit to their Facebook page, examine the post and their viewer comments for yourself. Make up your own mind. And as we Trudge through breaking bad news reports. Consider and remember the unfolding and accelerating collapse of Earth's life support systems is the bottom line factor fueling the insanity that we're drowning in. Next headline. Breakthrough data outlines need for booster injections. So says Pfizer CEO. This adds to the literature suggesting a waning immunity among the vaccinated. That seems like an understatement given the headlines I've already covered. From the UK Guardian. Boys more at risk from Pfizer jab side effects than COVID suggests study. The report then states, U.S. researchers say teenagers are more likely to get vaccine-related myocarditis than to end up in a hospital with COVID. Something to think about. Next headline, Cuba becomes first country to mass vaccinate children as young as two years old. I wonder how that's going to turn out. Another headline, no sports, no clubs, 
no talking during lunch, and other joys of COVID schooling. Question, how many conforming parents are considering what their children are enduring, what the long-term psychological damage will be? Shouldn't that be considered? Is it being considered? Perhaps the next headline report might fill in some blanks on that theme. Pandemic effects may have lowered baby IQs, study states. Search it, review it, and decide for yourself. And when doing so, ask yourself this question. Did they really mean pandemic effects or pandemic protocols? Again, review it, decide for yourself. Next headline, new study finds mask mandate failed to reduce COVID deaths, hospitalizations, or cases. From that report, a study published by the Southern Medical Journal, which was reviewed by the U.S. Army Institute of Surgical Research, found mask mandates did not reduce COVID transmissions or severity in the fourth largest county in Texas, which is where the study was based. Again, search it, review it, decide for yourself. There's also this from ABC News, COVID-19 variants. What happens when we finish the Greek alphabet? Sounds like they're already planning for a whole lot of variants, aren't they? The report states, what will happen after the Omega variant is identified? Question mark. The last letter of the Greek alphabet is Omega, by the way. Maria Van Kerkhove, coronavirus lead at the World Health Organization, told Stat News that once they've run out of Greek letters, the World Health Organization will announce a new series of names to pick from. Wonderful. The fun never stops in the COVID-19 asylum, does it? Next headline, Oregon senators filed a grand jury petition for investigation into the CDC and the FDA. It's about time. A lot more of those hopefully will be coming. Next headline, Biden declares war on unvaccinated Americans. That's truly alarming to me, especially given the samples of information I've already covered in this broadcast Not that Biden the puppet's actually in charge of anything, nor the former occupant of the White House or many before him. It's those who pull the strings behind the curtain, i.e. the money printers. And how many people are still caught up on the left, right, Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, orchestrated theater of mass distraction and deception while the ship goes down by the day, i.e. biosphere collapse? So about the power structure's self-declared war on the unvaccinated, again, this reminder, were those 2.4 billion rounds of 40 caliber hollow point purchased by the power structure by organizations like Homeland Security in 2012? Will that be utilized in their, quote, war on the unvaccinated? You decide. Next headline. It seems the war against the unvaccinated is already underway in Australia. This headline. Thousands of angry protesters shut down a highway in Melbourne as police struggled to get a grip on the massive demonstration using rubber bullets and tear gas. I saw images of a single individual, his back brutally injured with 10 rubber bullet hits to his back. 10. What could possibly justify that? And these do horrific damage. They are not benign in any way, shape, or form. Another headline. Australian police clashed with anti-lockdown protesters after failing to suppress dissent with overwhelming force. From that report, a massive police response was seen in aerial photos taken by local media showing riot lines closing in on a crowd of demonstrators. The law enforcement presence involved more than 2,000 officers, according to local reports. Question. At what point... Do many law enforcement individuals and agencies have to take a good long look in the mirror, same with U.S. military, and ask themselves exactly who they are representing, the people 
or the power structure. Moving on, L.A. County responds to Seth Rogen, says Emmys are safe and exempt from masks. Okay, it seems the rich and famous don't need to follow the same protocols as the not-so-rich and societally obscure. No surprise there. Next headline, L.A. School District will mandate vaccines for students. That's from the New York Times. Another headline from the Boston Globe and other sources. Boston release updated data Tuesday, by the way, the number of COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations, and deaths among vaccinated individuals in Massachusetts. There have been a total of 32,345 breakthrough cases of COVID-19 amongst the vaccinated as of September 18th. That's an increase of 4,568 from September 11th in one week. Also in the last week, another 23 deaths among the vaccinated individuals. Again, these statistics are from Boston alone. Well, that doesn't sound so good, does it? Question, are these kind of statistics going to make people want to run out and roll up their sleeves for the, quote, safe and effective treatment? And all the while, the manufacturers, again, of the CB19 official treatment continue to enjoy total legal immunity from any and all injury and or mortality that their treatments may be associated with. Why do so many continue to ignore such a glaring red flag? Another headline, same theme. Fauci says three shots needed for, quote, full vaccination, while the double-vaxxed will apparently lose their vaccine passports. They keep raising the bar. If you think that's going to change, think again. So it seems the double-vax hasn't yet accomplished the objective. Remember and consider, global controllers have long since made clear their desire to reduce global populations. So what might their objectives be? Given the fact that we know, they know, that the planet's life support systems are failing and can no longer support global populations. That's a statistical mathematical fact. It's not opinion. It's not speculation. It's not theory. It's not hypothesis. It's an arguable fact. Americans have no clue what the true COVID numbers are. So this question should be asked. How is it possible to make an intelligent, informed decision without an honest and objective investigation of the true statistics surrounding the COVID treatments. Answer, it's not possible. Welcome to the new world. Blind, eyes wide shut, do as you're told. On that note, a final consideration before switching gears to the bottom line of biosphere collapse. Emergency use authorization waived informed consent for medical treatment, i.e., vaccinations. Why? It's apparently contrary to the best interest of a patient to know what is in the injection. Again, I think of, as I've mentioned on several previous broadcasts, my farmer friend in Illinois, Glenn LeDuc, who stated to me in a personal conversation, while he was incredibly perplexed at how many had rolled up their sleeves with no idea what was being injected into them. And he stated that he would never allow a single one of his livestock, cows or pigs, to be injected with something that he didn't know exactly what it was. But yet his many educated acquaintances didn't question at all what was being injected into them. That's truly perplexing. Switching gears in regard to the New World Order, the one that is now either drying up and incinerating or being flooded with record deluges. This new report from the latest wildfire to erupt just to the west of my 
Northern California off-grid wilderness homes. Here's the headline. Homes destroyed, evacuations issued as Fon fire explodes in size. I was there on Thursday night. I made my way across the ridges into the evacuated zone because I had a safe exit route. And they were certainly doing their best to put that fire down. We will see where it ends up. I'll try to do a follow-up report on this. I just haven't had time yet. But the fires just continue on and on and on. For how many years, especially in Northern California, has geoengineeringwatch.org tried to sound the alarm, spending over six figures on radio broadcasts, color-glossy flyers in North State papers, hundreds of thousands of them in multiple papers all over the North State, warning that if climate engineering was allowed to continue, this would happen. I've made personally a half a dozen trips to the Capitol, to every single representative, congressman, committee, personal meetings with Gavin Newsom. They know, and they have done exactly nothing. This collective insanity that we find ourselves in, that I will expound upon at the end of this broadcast, wetico. That is the Native American term for what we are immersed in at this point. Stay tuned. Catastrophic wildfires are now the norm in the West and countless other targeted regions around the globe. Welcome to climate intervention. This is not in any way to deny humanity's horrible stewardship of the planet. It is rather to say that climate engineering is the most destructive form of human activity of all. Greatest and most immediate threat we face short of nuclear cataclysm. Next headline. The rate of global warming during the next 25 years could be double what it was in the previous 50 years. That's from a renowned climate scientist. From that report, former NASA climate scientist James Hansen urged Congress decades ago to act on climate change. Now he says he expects reduced aerosol pollution to lead to a steep temperature rise. What a criminal hypocrite Hansen is by his statement. He's covertly selling climate engineering, atmospheric aerosol spraying, without making any mention of the true impact of geoengineering operations. He's not admitting to these operations, but he's saying without these aerosols, we would immediately incinerate. Let's look at the negative effects, which are never mentioned. Completely disrupted hydrological cycle, decimated ozone layer, trapping more heat than it deflects, and completely contaminating the entire biosphere along with every single breath we take. Most of the so-called climate science community should be behind bars, cellmates with their paymaster controllers. I have no respect for these people, none whatsoever. They are, at best, sometimes telling half-truths. And when they say that a certain scenario will happen in 50 years, we won't be here in 50 years, and they know it. They know it. On the current trajectory, most of us won't be here in five years. That's how severe our situation is, and I know that's difficult to comprehend at this point, but in the coming weeks and months, it will become a lot easier to comprehend as people are forced to face what's unfolding. Only if the human race stops its insane assault against nature, against the planet and its life support systems, those that yet remain, do we have any chance of buying time. The first and most critical leap we can make in this direction is to expose and halt the climate intervention operations. Geoengineering is fueling drought and deluge scenarios. China is drowning in deluge. The eastern U.S., Southern U.S., periodically the same. The western U.S. can hardly get a drop while everything goes up in flames. And we can see in satellite imagery 
The cutting off of precipitation from the U.S. West, that is not speculation theory or hypothesis. It is satellite image proven fact. We can speculate on the motives and the agendas, but the fact that climate engineering is responsible is inarguable. Another headline, Miami's best real estate is under threat from rising sea levels, so the wealthy are moving to higher ground. Better move a long way, because sea levels are going to rise a lot. Not overnight, but it's coming. Nothing will stop it. We are through the proverbial guardrail. Another headline from the news source, The Oregonian. Climate change and hot, dry summers mean big trouble for Oregon's trees. Again, in regard to what's happening in the U.S. West and other places like it around the globe, climate engineering is core to the equation. It must rain more overall on a rapidly warming planet. The laws of physics make this inarguably clear. 7% more moisture for every degree C of warming. We are likely past 3.5 degrees C right now. And yet... There is more overall drought on the planet. That can't happen without a factor we're not being told about. That factor is climate engineering. And the ionosphere heater-created high-pressure domes that are used to circulate or steer upper-level wind currents that are creating unimaginably intense heat on the surface. About California, there hasn't been any real weather since last March. About six-plus months with no rain, most of it triple-digit heat. Just Heat, smoke, almost no wind, all summer. And when some moisture is allowed to move across the North State, it's almost always late and less than scheduled. Skies are generally almost featureless. Some drips and drizzles occur within the time frames that were scheduled. An extreme surface cool-down occurs because much of the cloud moisture is chemically nucleated by the climate engineers. They seed cloud moisture with patented processes of chemical ice nucleation. And this dries up much of the moisture. Days later, we're back to pushing 100 degrees. Last spring, the same type of engineered surface cool-down event saw Redding go from about 75 degrees to snow and back to 75 degrees over the course of only a few days. Shouldn't people wonder about that? How do the so-called meteorologists know we can advance, for example, that a day will be, quote, mostly sunny, which means aerosol-sprayed skies, no natural clouds? Because... They are reading from a script, literally, passed on to them from Raytheon, the private defense industry geoengineering contractor that also does all the weather modeling for the National Weather Service and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the nation's weathermen. Both organizations have an illegal federal gag order on them. How big a red flag is that? Heavily seeded rain can be recognized by droplet patterns in puddles. It's a rapid-fire, uniform drizzle pattern. The size of the particles being seeded into cloud moisture dictates the droplet size. Very simple equation. Moving on. Climate activists are being killed for trying to save our planet. There's a way to help, this report says. Really? Who's this from? Let's look. Last year, there were a record 227 killings globally. It's our duty to keep resisting the insatiable forces that lead to their deaths. So says Bill McKibben from 350.org. Bill McKibben, who's funded by the Rockefeller Foundation, who will not admit to climate engineering. McKibben's 350.org organization, like the rest of the so-called environmental groups, are more interested in protecting their 501c3 nonprofit than they are in telling the truth and actually having some chance of saving some part of the planet's remaining life support systems. Total hypocrisy, unbridled hypocrisy, just like as I've been over so many broadcasts, these so-called spiritual institutions that have pastors that are hiding behind their pulpits and congregations that are not holding their pastors accountable. That must change. Pastors that are, again, more interested in protecting their 501c3 nonprofit than they are in telling the truth as the oncoming train is about to run us all over. Next headline. After wildfires and drought ravage Western Canada, parties offer nothing but platitudes on climate change in federal election campaign. It's all smoke and mirrors, all of it. Elected officials and political parties aren't here to help. 
A jellyfish has more backbone than any of them. Another headline, world faces growing risk of food shortages due to climate change. No, it's not a risk. It is a virtual certainty. And from this report of total deception, it says crop yields may decline, could, may, might, 30% by 2050. Newsflash, they've declined far more than that in many cases right now. And fisheries are completely collapsing around the globe. And we have this kind of disinformation being put up by the so-called experts that are nothing more than paid liars. This report of Total Deception finishes with this. Farmers will need to grow nearly 50% more food by 2050 to meet global demand. Good luck on that. We'll be well on our way to Venus Syndrome by then, and the human race will be long gone if we remain in the current course. No need to grow that 50% more food as if you could. Let's cover a few random headlines. First this, rapid expansion, the headline states, will help China meet its carbon peaking and carbon neutrality goals. That makes a lot of sense. Let's expand even more, grind up what's left of nature, pollute even more, and that'll help us reduce pollution. Total idiocy. Next headline. The federal government sells flood-prone homes to often unsuspecting buyers, National Public Radio finds. Any surprise there? None at all. Next headline. Ghost forests expanding around the world, i.e. dead forests, especially along coastlines where sea level rise is killing them. Another headline. Ford's U.S. sales decline 33% in August as chip shortages devastate auto industry. That is the tip of the iceberg. Total collapse is coming, and it's close. Another headline. Heads up, Costco warning customers, toilet paper shortage. Stock up on toilet paper. Yeah, that'll save you from what's coming. We need to focus on the wider horizon. We need to salvage what's left of the Earth's life support system so we have no chance. None. On that note, surprise from the past. Chernobyl's blown-up Reactor 4 just woke up. Report states underneath Reactor 4, there is still nuclear fuel that is active and which will take around 20,000 years to deplete at minimum. We have 440 more reactors around the globe, by the way, that are going to go the course of Chernobyl and Fukushima. It's a matter of time. No sanity in our species. Again, I'll cover that in detail later in this broadcast. And for the record, I'm not saying all of our species. Certainly there are unimaginably benevolent people amongst the human race, but far too few, and that must change soon. More breaking bad news headlines in a moment, but about those benevolent few that I mentioned a moment ago, I want to express my deepest gratitude to each and every individual that's doing their best to stay informed, to wake others with credible data from a credible source, and by doing so, helping to turn the tide of insanity. Thank you for making your voices heard in this most critical effort to sound the alarm. It is our collective actions that can yet make a difference. This is Dane Wigington. You're listening to the Global Alert News Hour, episode number 320, September 25th, 2021. This is the bad news broadcast, but it's critical information, critically important, that covers the issues we must collectively face in order to have any chance of changing course. This non-political, commercial-free, frontline news broadcast is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org and paid for by geoengineeringwatch.org. This news hour is broadcast on AM and FM stations in Northern California, Washington State, on the East Coast, Alabama, San Antonio, Texas, Tampa, Florida, San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, Portland, Oregon, Denver, Colorado, and Columbus, Ohio. I want to express my deepest gratitude to all those that have helped geoengineeringwatch.org expand our voice to so many major locations. Those that have helped in this effort know who they are. Recordings of the weekly Global Alert News broadcast can be found at geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent top stories and radio sections. The latest geoengineeringwatch.org awareness raising materials can be ordered from our homepage for our approximate cost of producing and shipping. Many of these go out at a loss for us. 
but we don't care. Our goal is to sound the alarm while it can still make a difference. Our color glossy flyers and booklets are packed with shocking satellite images, documents, patents, photos of retrofit spray nozzles mounted on climate engineering aircraft. The list goes on. Again, our only goal is to sound the alarm as effectively and efficiently as possible. On that note, the recently completed geoengineeringwatch.org documentary on climate engineering titled The Dimming conclusively proves climate engineering operations are ongoing. This groundbreaking documentary is now posted on the top center of the geoengineeringwatch.org homepage. Please help us to overcome social media censorship and to expose the insanity in our skies by sharing the link to this groundbreaking documentary that fully exposes the ongoing climate engineering onslaught. Sharing the link for the documentary directly from the geoengineeringwatch.org homepage through email helps us to overcome the attempt of the controllers to censor the dimming documentary and geoengineeringwatch.org data. A staunch ally in the fight to expose and halt climate engineering is the GEMFAIR group, G-E-M-F-A-I-R-E. At every Gym Fair event, there's a geoengineeringwatch.org informational booth with free geoengineeringwatch.org materials. The next Gym Fair event, Salt Lake City, Utah, started yesterday, ends tomorrow at the Mountain America Exposition Center. October 8th through October 10th in Costa Mesa, California at the Orange County Fair and Event Center. October 22nd through the 24th, Santa Rosa, California, Sonoma County Fairgrounds. Go to the Gym Fair homepage to find out where future events will be. If you're anywhere near those events, attend. Get the materials you need to help wake those around you, to help us sound the alarm while it can still make a difference. Moving on, we are fast approaching the stage of the ultimate inversion, the stage where the government is free to do anything it pleases, while the citizens may act only by permission, which is the stage of the darkest periods of human history, the stage of rule by brute force. That's a quote from Ayn Rand. And if a quote is accurate, does it really matter who said it? We must all learn to proficiently sift the baby from the bathwater, as the proverb goes. How many know all too well what it's like to be treated like the Antichrist, the kill-the-messenger mentality, the creed of cowards and criminals that have no interest in the truth? They are too invested in the lies, in the matrix. Denialists will grab at anything to bolster their denial, and all too often... They will defend the very entities responsible for their oppression. Stockholm Syndrome, just like the domestically abused that are sometimes, unfortunately, so quick to defend their oppressors. On that note, in regard to the CV-19 scenario, the Great Awakening is now expanding rapidly. What desperately needs to occur with it is a willingness to fully face the wider horizon of unfolding and accelerating biosphere collapse, which is and always will be the bottom line to our survival on this planet, or not. What also needs to be recognized is that the two issues just mentioned are completely connected. The first is the controller response to the second. And about the second issue, i.e. climate intervention operations, the jet aircraft dispersion of known highly toxic elements in skies all over the world. The following question should be considered deeply. If controller agendas don't work out for them, as they anticipated, what would stop them from dispersing something much more lethal into our skies with the already operational climate engineering programs? Answer, nothing would stop them. Next headline, this one from multiple mainstream sources. The planet is on a catastrophic global warming path, UN report shows. The article then states, the planet is careening toward warming 
of 2.7 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels, far above what scientists say the world should be targeting. Again, frontline data indicates we are likely past 3.5 degrees C of warming from pre-industrial temperatures now, right now. Through the guardrail, we are going to the bottom of the canyon. Can we save any part of Earth's life support systems? That remains to be seen. But it must start with stopping climate engineering. Next headline from CommonDreams.org. Quote, what betrayal looks like. UN report says world on track for, again, 2.7 degrees C of warming. Betrayal is all of these so-called environmental media sources like Common Dreams lying and denying the climate engineering elephant in this equation. That's what betrayal looks like. Betrayal of not only the entire climate science community, all the environmental groups, spiritual institutions, elected officials, official agencies. Where does the betrayal end exactly? How does the saying go? It's not about what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Correct translation. That does not mean blindly going to war for the spoils of empire. It means standing against the enemies within. Let's take it further. Is the so-called American dream about how much can be looted, plundered, and pillaged from our rapidly dying planet? Is that what the dream is about? How can it be otherwise? How about we turn the dream that has now become a nightmare to what it should be, to what it must be? If we're to have any chance of surviving even the short-term horizon, the proverb should read, it's not about what the world can give to you, but what you can give back to the world and the web of life on which All of our lives completely depend. The Native American term, Wetico, referred to an evil spirit that invades human minds. It's a virus of selfishness, a mental pathogen, forcing the victim to feed their insatiable materialistic desires as if they were starving. It makes humanity become its own worst enemy. Keep that definition in mind as we examine the state of humanity and the road we are on. The world today hangs by a thin thread, and that thread is the psyche of man. That's from Carl Jung. Consider this report, titled, Are We Humans Terminally Insane or Just Waking Up? How does anyone possibly express in words the state of collective madness that humanity has fallen into at this dark time in our history? As if in a hypnotic trance, our species is enacting a mass ritual suicide on a global scale, rushing as fast as we can towards our own self-destruction. We are destroying the biospheric life support systems of the planet in so many different ways that it is as if we are determined to make this suicide attempt work, using a variety of methods as perverse insurance policies in the event that some of the methods don't get the job done. What modern-day humanity is confronted with, to quote the author and Trappist monk Thomas Merton, is a crisis of sanity, or rather, the lack of it. Question, what would it look like if some truly enlightened life form in their travels throughout the universe came upon our planet? Observing from a distance, they would, of course, see all the various living beings who call planet Earth home. As related members of one larger organism, a single ecosystem who literally depend on each other for survival, the seemingly most intelligent species ever to appear on planet Earth are acting out their destructive impulses without restraint in every corner of the globe. If benevolent extraterrestrial life forms were observing Earth, would they quickly conclude that the human beings had become afflicted with some sort of psychological illness, a disease of the mind and soul that has caused us to turn on ourselves in what can only be described as self-destruction? Apparently, In a fallen state, we have lost our way, 
become disoriented, and in our confusion, become quite deranged. It is as if our collective madness is so overwhelming, and by now so familiar and so normalized, that most of its sufferers have no idea how to even think about it, let alone how to deal with it. Not knowing what to do, many inwardly disassociate, which only exacerbates the collective madness. And in a fragmented and disempowered state, they go about their lives in a numbed out zombie-like trance, making the best of a bad situation that's getting worse by the day. Seen as an organism, there is a systemic psycho-spiritual disease that has infected the whole body politic of humanity. At present, we are having an acute and potentially deadly inflammation of this illness, of psychotic, self-destructive behavior. Our planet and its biosphere is a seamlessly interconnected whole system that operates as a macro-organism, and yet its supposedly most intelligent species has set up a global system for managing the planet's formerly rich diversity of natural resources in a manner that would kill in a very short order if such system were implemented within the individual bodies of any of its members, of its life forms. If the human body was organized and operated in a similar way to the global industrialized economy, where certain parts of the system demand disproportionate and ever-increasing shares of the existing resources, again, the body would die at blinding speed, which is exactly what is occurring with our formerly thriving planet. At the heart of this reality is the fact that the way industrialized, militarized, societal systems have been crafted primarily serves the interests of the very rich. In a machine-like method, the system relentlessly and increasingly siphons off, drains, and redistributes wealth from the majority of the populace, who more and more become impoverished and enslaved into the hands of the already unthinkably wealthy. The powers that be then use coercive power or outright force to not only deny people the means to make even a subsistence living, but even denies them the basic human right to life on massive scales. This system doesn't just passively allow people to fall below the poverty line, it actively pushes them under, as if poor people are being intentionally left behind. The most powerful and successful financial institutions have taken the form of parasitic enterprises that have attached themselves to governments and people around the world upon which they shamelessly and ravenously engorge themselves. The paradox is this, the controllers could not do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population. Don't forget that. We have seen the enemy, and he is us. Those at the top of the economic loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute pyramid then use this ever-increasing gap between the rich and the poor to further game the system, which is itself riddled with corruption, so as to protect their advantage even more. The United States government, in particular, instead of being a, quote, government of the people, by the people, and for the people, has instead become a plutocracy, a government of the rich, by the rich, and for the rich. It should alarm us to the marrow that such economic stratification into the have and have-nots historically plays a crucial role in the collapse of civilizations. But now... At this moment in human history, there are even more grave factors to consider. Global power structures are acutely aware of the planet's collapsing life support systems. They are acutely aware of the fact 
that exploding human populations can no longer be maintained. Question, what action would we, should we expect them to take? And this question, have they already done so? You decide. Industrialized, militarized societies are grinding up Earth's remaining life support systems, actually destroying the true wealth and health of the whole system with people, communities, and the environment, considered to be nothing more than collateral damage, all for the benefit of a small minority. If humanity is viewed as a family, there is abuse of power being perpetrated within the family system for the simple reason that those in positions of power can act with total impunity and, in a case of moral insanity, can and do literally get away with murder, directly and indirectly. How many have stopped to contemplate the totality of human respiratory mortality from the hundreds of millions of tons of highly toxic climate intervention elements, and what else we can't yet know, that have been sprayed in disguise all over the world as part of the ongoing climate intervention operations for over 75 years. How many have succumbed to this highly toxic exposure that is officially denied by all governmental agencies and the so-called science community, and of course, corporate media? What percentage of Earth's resources, including humanity's intrinsic ingenuity, instead of being used to care for each other and enrich life, are being used to create more potent and deadly weapons of mass destruction, while the biosphere goes down in flames or is being deluged, with ecosystems collapsing all over the globe? In other words, humanity's divinely inspired genius is being channeled into ever more efficient ways of murdering each other. We've become conditioned to accept this astonishing cruelty and destruction as normal. We spend untold trillions of dollars to sustain a state of endless war. We're at a severe crisis point in our world, which, medically speaking, always tells us that our sickness has reached a dangerous climax. Our species is suffering from what the great doctor of the soul, Carl Jung, calls a sickness of disassociation, which is a state of fragmentation deep within the collective unconscious that has seemingly spilled outside of our skulls and is playing itself out in mass on a world stage. This primordial rupture, which is a form of trauma on a cosmic scale, has become the force behind human history itself, conditioning the experience of each individual as well as our species as a whole. If seen as a whole person, it is as if the individual wholeness of the universe has split into cosmic multiple sub-personalities who are disassociated from and seemingly separate from each other desperately in need of reorganizing their connection so as to come together and reintegrate. Our sickness of disassociation and the world crisis we are facing as a result can be seen, as Jung points out, as the labor pains of a new birth. Carl Jung never tired of pointing out that the greatest danger which threatens humanity comes from the psyche. We're living with the very real possibility that millions, maybe even billions of us, can fall into a form of collective unconsciousness, reinforcing each other's madness in such a way that we become unwittingly complicit in our own self-destruction, an inner disease of the soul, the wetico condition that I mentioned moments ago. This condition colors our perceptions by stealth and subterfuge so as to act itself out through us while simultaneously hiding itself from being seen, being an illness that affects the psyche itself. The Native Americans described the mental condition of Wetiko as a condition comparable to a cannibal. Those taken over by Wetiko 
also called cannibal sickness, consumed the life force of others, both human and non-human, i.e. nature, for private purposes or for personal profit, and do so without giving back anything of real value from their selves or their own lives. Question, how many in modern, industrialized, militarized, self-seeking, and self-serving societies does this Native American term so accurately describe? In regard to the European invaders of North America, Chief Seattle said, quote, their appetite will devour the earth and leave behind only a desert, end quote. Another legendary Native American, Sitting Bull, said, quote, the love of possessions is a disease with them. This love of possessing things to fill a void that can never be filled. It is Wetico disease. As Jung pointed out, when it is a question of mass psychosis, nothing but new symbolic ideas, i.e. novel, creative, redemptive, archetypal conceptions brought up from the depths which embrace, express, and help to recontextualize the emerging chaos and disorder can save us from the impending, indeed already unfolding, catastrophes, converging catastrophes. This is to say that in light of our current world crises, a new creative achievement has become a necessity. The concept of Wetico and all that it stands for is precisely such a new symbolic idea, what Plato calls the eyes of the soul. Ideas have real power as they are the means by which we see the world and creatively envision and give meaning to our lives. The Native American concept of Wetico describes a psychological state that has become an epidemic, a psychological state that can literally destroy our species through endless war and catastrophic environmental destruction. Or, if fully confronted, named, and understood, it can introduce us to a higher concept of reality, which could be the catalyst that corrects our current course of certain near-term planetary omnicide. The Wetico concept is a living revelation that only reveals its gift to us, however, if we recognize what it is a reflection of within ourselves. How it manifests depends on each of us, on all of us. The choice is truly ours. Wetico, menticide, the collective insanity, whatever the label we apply to the condition, the behavior of the human race must completely change or we will all very soon meet our collective fate. Each of us has a part to play in the unfolding drama. All that is needed to begin is a willingness to make our individual voices heard in spite of the resistance of those who don't yet want to hear the truth. What will each of us choose to do in the time we have been given? The sand in the hourglass is rapidly running out. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more about how you can help in this epic battle to avert near-term planetary omnicide. Share credible data from a credible source. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, stay safe, stay strong. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.